It's the Hamp and OB Show. Oh, you smell like a winner. Americans love a winner and will not tolerate a loser. That's what we're here for, guys, to win. With Montgomery on first and ten, he's running back in a hole, and then he's off with a nice step on, and it's a foot race down the sideline. Jackson in pursuit, Green in pursuit, he's gone to the house, 80 yard touchdown run, wow! Having him take that to the house like that first play of the game, that was pretty awesome. Risky a perfect 7 of 7, and he goes to the end zone and caught for a touchdown, Jimmy Graham. Mooney looking for a block, and he gets one from his other receiver, Robinson, to the pylon, touchdown! Demetrius Harris up top left, and they got the touchdown, that's caught by Robinson. Americans play to win all the time. And stuck right there by Nick, who tears the ball away, that's a fumble. And it's Chicago's ball. Through again, they got him, and it's Mack with the safety. Big time hit, Khalil Mack. And they come with pressure. There's Edwards again. Mario Edwards comes streaming through. Second sack for him. If you don't win, you can't have fun. So we wanted to win so we could dance. It's the Hamp and OB Show. Mitchell Trubisky was great. The Bears won a football game. You know it. Wait, what did you say? That's right. Never say die. Hamp and OB. Brought to you by ChevyDriveChicago.com and Dan Hampton's truck. The Chevy Silverado. Drive what Hamp drives. Chevy. Here's Dan Hampton and Ed Obradovich. Hamp and OB with you till 10 o'clock tonight on 720 WGN. My name is Mark Carmen. 711-312-981-7200 is the phone number. Yes, indeed. 36-7, to Dan Hampton. The Bears bounce back against an incredibly dysfunctional Houston Texans football team. But a win is a win is a win. They looked good. And the Minnesota Vikings up next were still alive, 99. Still alive, 6-7. and seven, And it doesn't look real pretty on your program. But you know what? It, it, it matters. And uh, finally, the game that uh, my dear friend to my left has waited for for almost four years it was an offense that was stabilized stabilized by finally the offensive line playing the same positions and moving the damn pocket exactly but it was more than just the the bootlegs and the rollouts it was a running game featuring the opening play of the offensive sequence where david montgomery goes 80 yards for a touchdown something that uh we have you know, seen scant, uh, uh, you know, evidence of, but fundamentally, this is a team that that basically said, "Hey, Ob, we're sick of getting beat down. We've lost six in a row. We're going to rear up on our hind legs. We're going to make a play. We're going to do something right for a change. We're not going to be playing stupid football. We're going to play smart. We're going to do things we know what we're capable of." And boom, the defense shows up with some. Timely pass rushes, and uh, the Bears now, they're on their way. We've got a uh, big game against Minnesota. If you look at your uh, your playoff breakdown, OB, uh, seven teams make the playoffs. The Minnesota Vikings are setting at number eight with the same record we have at six and seven. If we beat them come Sunday, guess what? It's time to get uh, get excited because we've got a great chance to make a late run, and at some some point you got to tip the cap. The offensive coaches finally started to think about what was smart with the quarterback, and they showed us that he's capable of doing some certain things in that offense. All right, what's happened all year so far? 
is uh, something that uh, we've been talking about. I've been talking about. I don't know till the cows come, go, hum, come and go, come and go. I couldn't tell you how many times. Mitchell Trubisky is not a drop back quarterback, and the reason why he is not, he has two severe problems. One, his accuracy. Two, he has difficulty recognizing and reading defenses. His own coach called him out after last season that he was going to work with Mitch all this past season on trying to recognize and read defenses. Now, with all that's happened this year, with all that's happened, and and I'll tell you, we've been blessed with a pretty good schedule. I believe, if my numbers are correct, the team we just played defensively ranks 31st in the league, and the prior week, the defensive team, Detroit Lions, ranked 29th. In other words, they're in the basically the bottom quarter of the National Football League. Do you got to take care? You got to take care of business with those people. But here's the thing: we've got to go up to Minnesota. We're still in the hunt. We still have a chance to get to the Super Bowl. We still do. And I can say this right now. Nagy, you and your coaches, your offensive, defensive coordinators, position coaches, go up to Minnesota and take it to them. This is your Super Bowl right now. It's your Super Bowl. Go up there defensively. If you're not getting in there, come up, be unique with blitzing. Bring what the will... Uh, weak side linebacker, strong side linebacker, middle linebacker, strong side safety, cornerbacks, blitz the hell out of them. Go after, take the fight to, to the Vikings. Don't let them jump up on you and beat you up. Go after them, attack. Offensively, you attack, you've got to attack downfield. It's, it's, it's not a mystery. And I, I, I tell you what, Danny and I, and Mark, I'm, I, I'm kind of happy to see him in this position. That still this late in the season, we still have a shot. Vikings are six and seven. They do not have a winning record. The following week, we play Jacksonville. Folks, you know how many games Jacksonville's won this year? One. One. And then we wind up playing Green Bay, who probably will play basically nobody against us. But the fact of the matter is, we finally, after all that's what's gone on, Trubisky starting, bench. Folds coming in. He's hurt. He's now. He's not playing now. Trubisky's back. My God, take advantage of this. You don't get a chance to do this this often. To have a setup like this, go to Minnesota, and again, Danny, I can tell you what: if they go up there and they play this dink and dunk game or something, and they don't attack downfield. And defensively, if they sit down and they take the game to us and we don't attack them, that's a sad statement because we still have a chance. You're exactly right. This is, essentially, this is the playoff starting come Sunday. And, and, it's you the know, Super Bowl. And, and you know what? Everybody you know, wants to uh, throw the bouquets at uh, Mitchell Trubisky. He had a, a, a very efficient game. Mark Carmen, did you know that uh, he was 24-33? I did, Ham. On 24 of those completions – 14 of those passes were thrown within a yard of the line of scrimmage to receivers within a yard of the line of scrimmage. 15 of the completions were within it, five yards of the completion. It was unbelievable, and it was that the, the quintessential dink and dunk that, that we have basically said. If you don't have 
Patrick Mahomes, where well, you got to find a way to manufacture offense, and they were able to do it with the bootlegs, the the the, the drags, the tight end rollouts, all those different things. We've been beating the desk Danny, for for eleven weeks. For you it. could not play a more horrible defensive team. I mean, the, the facts are right there in front of you. They yeah, can't they stop get, the run, the pass. They can't stop anything. They all got a check last week. It counts. 312-981-7200. Habit OB brought to you by ChevyDrivesChicago.com. Drive what Hamp drives right in smoothly in the Chevy Silverado. Uh, look, you guys are painting a, a more rosy picture than I thought we were going to. I mean, I've heard Super Bowl three or four times already. They've on got this a sh- chance. they got a chance to get they, they to have, the Super Bowl. They, they, they do. They, At this late stage, and the way they played, you talk about Right, not, but... It's a it's, it's a still it's a, a mini mini Super Bowl. It's a mini Super Bowl. It's a mini it's Super not Bowl. Quite you call Bears. it a mini Super. I'm calling it a major Super Bowl. They don't win this game. It's it, it's, it's all curtains. over with. All it, over with. It's like Miami and New Miami and New Orleans all over again here Sunday noon. The Vikings. All right. Come on back here with your calls and uh, a little look at the uh, defensive side of the ball too. A lot to do here with you till ten on seven twenty WGN. Montgomery on first and ten is running back in a hole, and then he's off with a nice step on, and it's a foot race down the sideline. Jackson in pursuit, right in pursuit, he's gone to the house, 80 yards, touchdown run! I'm a little. I'm a little. I'm actually stunned by the you positivity. Are. You're stunned. I, I, LB, like they he's lo- stunned with our, our newfound optimism. They, here. they they ruined the damn season. They lost six games in a row. We shouldn't be in this position right now. There's nothing to celebrate. I thought I had to be the one that was going to be like, hey, they're still alive. But you two are just uh, well borderline jumping up and down. Well, like I say in my brilliant and award-winning Chevy spots, it's time to make dust. Or eat dust. And after choking on dirt clods for about a two-month period, OB, they they spit it out. And now, guess what? It's now or never. This is the mini Super Bowl that no one, no one could have foreseen. But think about this. They go up, they beat the Vikings. Then they got the Jags. Then they got probably a, a Green Bay team with, uh, you know, everything locked up. And they find a way. Find a way to win, th- you know. Find a way to win four in a row, or three in a row, and and the next thing you know is it, it you're you're knocking at the door. But you can't wait and say afterwards. Think about this: the Detroit loss. How bad are they kicking themselves? All those players, all those you know, the defensive coaches for allowing that that you know the, that inexcusable collapse in the final four minutes of the game against Detroit. They beat Detroit, and and it was almost a fait accompli. We had a ninety eight point seven percent chance of winning with five minutes to go. If they would have won that game, now it's seven and six. We're not only you know involved in the playoffs, but we're actually starting to think about where we could hit the slots. So I mean, it's all back on the table, Ob. It's hard yeah. to believe, Danny. I don't think we would be in the position that we're in if if offensively. We would utilize the personnel that we have, and we don't. And, and, and what I'm talking about is Mitchell Trubisky. He is not a pocket passer. You've got to move the pocket. You've got to sprint him out. You've got to go play action. You've got to bootleg. You've got to cut the field short for him. 
He cannot read an entire field. Bootleg him, get him out. Look at Aaron Rodgers. Look at Patrick Mahomes. From week to week to week, what do they do? Almost every other play is a bootleg or a sprint out. And we've got a guy that can't do it, and we don't sprint out, and we don't bootleg. Now, finally, we do it. Okay? Cole Komet, where the hell has he been? I've been screaming about, put that kid in there. Darnell Mooney, where the hell has he been? Why don't we attack downfield? Why are we not aggressive? And defensively, why in the last several games games have we not been aggressive? We were aggressive against a team that couldn't get out of their own way. I want to see him do this against good teams. But I'll tell you, my God, you go up to Minnesota and, and you don't use the weapons that you have. I'm talking about Komet and Mooney and get them involved and move that ball down the field. And defensively, if we don't attack them people from the get-go, if you let them come after us and you let them beat us on this particular game when this is your whole season right now, right in front of you, take advantage of it. We've got some weapons that you can utilize that you can go downfield, that you can put points on the board. You can put the fear of God into their defenses. Defensively, we can win with it. My God, take advantage of this. 312-981-7200. OB, you're the greatest. Let's get Mark in Broadview on 720 WG and get some callers in here. What's up, Mark? I'm back from the dead like the Bears. Say that again? (laughs) I'm back from the dead like the Bears. Uh, Good to have you, Mark. Yeah, I'm still breathing. Uh, Basis judgment on talent. How do you let a guy like Koslowski go to the Raiders, and he's a QB now of that defense? I mean, Mike Dick never would let him go. Did That's he say he had a Tommy Waddle? You're, you mean Kowski. You mean Nick Kwiatkowski? Yeah, Glenn Kozlowski is a Raider. That's what I just heard. <laughs> <laughs> I got real confused. That's okay. Go no. ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, you're good, Mark. We get it. We get it. Shut up and I go away. Well, and, and you know what? That was that was Ryan Pace. He essentially, Thanks, Mark. he basically, and this this is kind of you know weird because Kwiatkowski was a number four draft pick, and you'd think that he would do anything he could to keep his draft picks to substantiate his you know his position as general manager and being capable of drafting, and yet they they basically took Danny Trevathan over Nick Kwiatkowski and resigned Trevathan, and I think what it was. They didn't know what Roquan Smith would eventuate to, and they're they're basically saying, "Well, we gotta, we 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 can't take a chance. We're going to keep a given, which was Danny Trevathan, who won a Super Bowl up in in Denver uh, four years ago, and they that was the uh, decision that Ryan Pace made, and that's why Ryan Pace shouldn't be here. Well, there you go, and and Ob has, has was was lamenting that. Week after week after week, and finally, you know, when Trevathan went down last year, Kwiatkowski came on the field, became like the uh, the you know, bona fide captain of the defense, and was a, a purebred leader. And I was shocked that the how Bears they could didn't ever let it. that kid go, yep. Danny. Yep, another one. And then uh, you know, the first half of the year, Trevathan looked like he was not one step slow; he was about three. But he's gotten a little bit better. But 
at the end of the day, we understand your point, and you're exactly right. Well, what are you? It's interesting the Roquan part of this. What are you seeing from him? Because he's getting to the quarterback better now than he has in the past. Well, he was on a spy blitz situation. Nobody was blocking him. You know, look when when a guy tackles a quarterback, that's great. But when you peel it back, did he beat a block? Did he defeat a double team? Did he? You know. Just to blitz somebody, you could you could blitz a quarterback. Nobody touch you. You you know you're going to get to the quarterback, and you know you may not knock him down, but you you know what you'd be around him. I'd like to see how we play defensively. I mean, we have really been way not playing, way way off what we're capable of playing. But I'll tell you what, we always seem to have these magnificent games against teams that can't even get out of their own way. I'd like to see Rokon Smith Smith. Trevathan, everybody, have a game like that against, let's say, the Los Angeles Rams. Let's say the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, how about let's say Baltimore. Okay? Let's say Miami. All right? Not teams that have won one game, three games, two games, and they're ranked dead last in defense or offense. How about that for a novelty? Show up when it counts. 7.30, check in news. Hampton will be brought to you by ChevyDriveChicago.com. 7.30, coming on back here with your phone calls, 312-981-7200. Check in news right now on WGN. Um, I think you got to be able to run the ball. you got to be able to pass protect. you got to make good decisions. And then when you get the football in your hand, you got to be able to make plays. And our guys did that today. Um, I thought our coaches did a hell of a job, all of us, of communicating and being able to talk through what we like. And then the players got to execute it. They did that. So uh, when we're able to do that, it gives you a chance to score points. ESOB, go ahead. The Houston Texans, my friend. That's who you play. He has to be positive. He's the head coach, OB. Hampton OB, by the way, brought to you by ChevyDriveChicago.com. And Dan Hampton struck the Chevy Silverado. Drive what Hampton drives, drive a Chevy. What would you like him to say, by the way? We played a terrible Houston Texans team. I've done a miserable job you know all what? season long. I'm so you know what? If you want to listen to That's this our guy, job, this is this is what three years, four years. Listen to this guy mumbling, dumbling, fumbling, trumbling, stumbling down, talking. But oh my god, we have well, the, we, OB is has, every commercial break. He looks at me and goes. Don't you believe that, Dan? We got to go up there and attack Minnesota. And I said yes, with our new reimagined offense, where we, with you know, and I'm telling you, Sam Mustafer at center has really stabilized the offensive line and given us new life on the ground. But that bootleg stuff they were doing with the with the rollouts and all that stuff, the stuff we've been beating the drum for, hey. This this I got to tell you this got to be must see TV come twelve oh one Sunday. So it's interesting that you bring up the offensive line. Adam Hogue had a phenomenal piece at uh, NBC Sports Chicago about how they've or it's a, in a note in, I think in his ten Bears things and Adam's coming up at eight thirty. But you know Sam Mustafer th- this was a guy who Juan Castillo's son played with in high school. So he knew him all the way back there, and he pl- he was at Notre Dame, but he was undrafted in twenty nineteen. And, you know, we've, we've been hard on Juan Castillo, but he liked this guy. And they have rejiggered their whole offensive line. He got, you got to give him some credit. Yeah, absolutely. And, let, and we're going to get to your callers, but let me just say this. You know, if, if center, smiling is, right center now. is. Smirk is, is center 10 is, miles long. Don't make me laugh. Hey, center is probably <laughs> the most unathletic position in the world of football. You don't really have to be a great. All you have to do is be smart and tenacious. 
And you know what? This kid, he knows what he's doing. And they tried to make Cody Whitehair a center, and it didn't really work. And then James Daniel, and that really blew up in their face. This guy, he has stabilized the offensive line because he knows what to do, how to make the calls, and he makes it go. I'm telling you, it's a good thing, top to bottom. And next year, you get Daniel back, uh, James Daniels back, you put him Put him at guard. Put him at guard, and you get white air guard with him. Get you cut the both ta- callers. You, you cut both tackles, <laughs> and then you you draft uh, the you know a good one and put him at right tackle and sign the best left one on the market. Now you got an offensive line. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred Super Bowl. Jim and Aurora, thank you for being patient. Welcome to Hamp and Ob. Brought to you by ChevyDriveChicago dot com. What's up, my friend? Okay, I'm going to keep the optimism going here. Dan, Ed, um, okay, let's say they grab that last playoff spot. They're going to draw the top-ranked team that doesn't have the bye. In that game, game, they lay an egg and they're the usual Bears. What happens? Is is that enough to buy everybody another year, or is it change coming still after that at what we talked about? Great question. What what do both of you guys think? Great question. All right, well, Jim, you you really, you know, uh, jumping way ahead of the game here. You know, we got these three more games to play, and and I think uh, there has to be a change made, especially with this general manager. I mean, you can't be given – this guy throws away millions and millions of dollars like they're like dollar bills. Uh, and some of the draft – his free agency picks and his draft choices, it's been I, – as I, far as I'm concerned – this guy does not deserve to be here another year, and nor does Nagy. When you have a defense for the last three years, four years, even when Fangio was here, that you could win a Super Bowl with, and you have a and you have a general manager drafting offensive people, excuse me, defensive people when you need help at offense, free agency, we're getting defensive people when you need offense. All they had to do was trim this offense up, and we could have had a real shot, a real shot at being a Super Bowl contender. And the last time I checked, that's why you play this game, to be a world champion. And he did not do it, and Nagy has not taken the personnel and put him in the right positions offensively to score touchdowns, which is quite obvious because we don't score touchdowns. You know... You look at the playoff picture along those lines. By the way, what he's laying out. Who do you scare? Who are you scared of? I would say the Packers. But other than Green Bay, who are you scared of in the NFC? The Saints, the Rams, certainly not Washington, Seattle. Who I actually would pick the Seahawks to come out of the NFC. They're the five seed right now. Tampa Bay. Well, if we made it, it would be probably as a seven. The seven would play the number two. That's probably going to be New Orleans. Right. Okay. Feels like a winnable game. All I know is the, the Minnesota Vikings weren't scared. They went down there and, and beat the Saints last year. Remember? Then they they uh, went and uh, we, the, had to the, play uh, the Rams. The Bears played lost by three to the Saints in a game where Nick Foles was starting. Uh, they, they easily could have won that game. Went to overtime. I mean, uh, hey guys, the woulda, coulda, shoulda, but whatever. Uh, come on, you're t- all right. We're going up to play Minnesota. That's the only thing that should be on this team's mind. Period. Nothing else. And you go up there with a positive attitude, and on both sides of the ball, you attack. And, and if you don't do it, we're going to lose. And all hell's going to break loose. And this is from a guy that buys his Christmas present on, on Christmas Eve about 11 o'clock at night. See, I, I, I'll be, Doesn't think about those, it until it's... Those were the best sales, then. 
that's that's where you get a good deal. Your your positive attitude about where they're at, OB, and going up to Minnesota. I've already got. I'm already looking ahead. You 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 created this. I yes, I think that they've got to go up to that, and if they can go up with that attitude. And, and I tell you, for four quarters, attack, attack. When you're done attacking, attack again. We're going to win that football game. I love it. Attack, attack. And when you're done attacking, attack again. But here's what I'm going to tell you, uh, Jim. Will Nagy and Pace be back? They'll have to oh. fall dead not to win two games here out of the last three. That would make them a 500 club. That'll save them, despite the six-game wow. losing streak. That's interesting. I'm just telling you, that's the way it's going to fall. Uh, Danny, okay, I know that's it. your point. If they win two of the final three, which uh, they can, oh my God, if they win all Jacksonville three, has won one game. That's what I'm saying. Let me just ask you guys. Well, here, I'll do it in a second. Let's get Dave in Wisconsin. Dave, thank you for being patient. Welcome to WGN. Go ahead. My pleasure is great as always. You guys have the greatest show, sports show. I'll tell you right now, everything I agree with you 100%, I really do. You think about everything that I think during the time off, between the time they play into your show, and I say, are they going to ask this question? Are they going to do this? You think, you guys are great. You really, really are. And thank you for all those years of playing. But real, real quickly, my friends, other than that, Merry Christmas also, but real quickly, most of it was taken by Jim's call. If they would win... Uh, the next two, let's say, and lose to Green Bay, they're out of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Would you still? I got a feeling, guys, and I hate to be the downer on this one. It's been so positive so far, unfortunately, and fortunately. Would you retain the GM, the coach, and bring the quarterback on a basis of maybe one or two year contract? I really think the McCaskies, I hate to say it, guys, if they win two out of these next three, still miss the playoffs. I really think the McCaskies are going to give them all that one-year contract yet, and they're going to sign Trubisky. I don't want that. I'm like you, Ed. Dave, Launch all three. Dave, let me, let me tell you something. Thanks, Dave. Let, let's say what, what happened. Let's say they went two out of the three, or they went all three. You bring this group back, I'm going to guarantee you one year from now, we're going to be talking about the same thing. We're going to be talking about the same thing. Nothing will change. You'll have the same offensive philosophy we have here. And I'll tell you what, defensively, Dan and I talked about it at the end of last season. We could see and feel that that window start to shorten. And I'll tell you what, it's really coming down now. And again, you want to bring those two guys back? Bring them back. You've got to cut the ties. You've got to get all fresh new people in there, young people with Today's thoughts, how to move an offense down a field, how to put points on the board, defensively, how to maintain from game to game, not have a good game here, then two or three games, somebody's missing an action, another guy's missing an action. Those days are gone. There's only 16 games. Okay? You got to show up offensively. We have not shown up offensively, and I'll guarantee you, if this coaching staff comes back next year, Mark my words, you'll see the same damn thing you saw this year, the year before. You're going to see the same damn thing. I, I want, when we come on back here, and we will move to our Marquee Sports Network, the essential question, bare essential questions, we'll have those for you coming on back here. Check out the Facebook page. But I'm going to have OB and, and Hamp. I want you to rank. Who are you getting rid of first and second and third? Nagy, Pace, Trubisky. Hold that thought, OB. No, I'll go ahead. Yeah, we'll do that coming on back here. Seven twenty WGN. Your side. The big thing. Through again, they got him, and it's Mack with the safety. Big time hit, Khalil Mack.
was out there. Khalil Mack, we saw 52 on Sunday. Hep's got a look on his face. <laughs> well, I hate to say it, about time. You know, yeah. I mean, he's he, he's got to be the ringleader, and he's got to be more uh, prevalent than just, a, uh, you know, a couple of plays. Uh, obviously, he had he had the forced fumble, and it was an amazing play. And then, you know, uh, they ran a real cool kind of a little outside uh, blitz uh, with Roquan, and he, he came through the uh, – the four gap and uh, hit the quarterback in the end zone. That's that's good stuff, and that's what you know, hey, that's what we brought him here for. All right, so let me get the answers to this question. Ob, you can only get rid of one: Matt Nagy, Ryan Pace, Mitchell Trubisky. Who's your first cut? Who are you getting rid of first? Ryan Pace. That's why I figured he doesn't you'd know say. what the hell he's doing. That's it. You know, hey, he and, has and no it, concept of how to build a team and it, you, through draft. Or through free agency. If you had to keep the quarterback or the head coach, I'm forcing you to keep one. Which one are you? Which one are you getting rid of? I'd keep Trubisky. Use him as a backup. Get rid of Nagy. He doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Well, that was simple enough. It's amazing we think alike. <laughs> but, but, I didn't think I didn't give you the bet. You have to. That's cheating. You have to start. You know he's, oh, if you keep oh, him, he's can, starting. Can you look at our game plans and what we do? What have we scored again with three games to go? One touchdown. In, in every game this season in the third quarter, and we struggle and struggle and struggle, and we don't utilize what, what the field gives you and what the teams, your, your opponents give you. You cannot. It's let, right in front of you. You can't let a dysfunctional team like the Houston Texans, who's got their coach and GM fired long ago, be the deodorant that makes you think everybody magically has got it figured out now. You know what's amazing? The last two teams we played. They fired their general manager and yeah. their head coach, folks. Well, yeah. Our Ro- last two opponents. Romeo should have been let out of the soldier field on Sunday. What are you doing? Get Deshaun Watson off the field. Why are you having your guy get killed down 30 points? I thought it was insane. Leo, welcome to WGN. Leo Hampton will be brought to you by ChevyDriveChicago.com. What's up, Leo? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. You guys make me laugh every week. My question is, who would you bring back on the offensive line? Next year, um, I only like uh, Whitehair and Mustavers been playing uh, better recently. And I'd say outside of Pace, not, of Pace not fixing the quarterback position, this is my second. I think his second biggest weakness is not investing in the offensive line. I'll hang up. Okay, uh, let me jump on this one. Here, here's essentially you got to make the best of a bad situation. So, how do you fix it, Leno and Massey? Are are cost prohibitive. They're both making eight nine million dollars, and they're they're not they are not performing. Cut both of those guys. If you don't draft a quarterback with the first pick, who I want, Kyle Trask, who had his worst game of the year this past week against LSU. He's a quarterback at at Florida. He's a great player. Find out how you how much you have to give away to move up. Try to find a way to get him. This guy is a keeper. He is a something special. He's another Joe Burrow, but. If you don't, if you don't make that happen, you draft the best offensive tackle when you get a chance in the first round. You put him at right tackle. You go on the uh, free agent list and you get the best left tackle that you can pay for. Now you got a lot of money. You've, you saved 17, 18 million cutting those other two guys. Now you can sign someone that will stabilize the left side. You put Daniel at left guard, Cody White here at right guard. And Mustafer has earned the right to play center for the Chicago Bears next year. That was a great analysis, Thank my you. friend. I mean, it's that, that simple. Can Ryan Pace that, do it? Ha, 
Well, I wouldn't count on that one. See, but he's tell the you, one that signed Massey and, and, and Leno to all this idiotic money. You you really put it together beautiful, brother. Can't argue with you. Leno, for the record, is signed. He's he's not officially an unrestricted free agent until 2022. But he, you cut him. But you he's... His dead cap hit, if we're going into all that, is $5 million next year. You can certainly get rid of Charles Leno if you wanted to. And Massey's one, his contract is, uh, he's not an unrestricted free agent until 2023, but you could also move on from him. 312-981-7200, the phone number. Okay, well, forget the money. What are you winning with them? Nothing. You got to get better. You got to, again, this is pace, locking these guys up far longer than they should when they haven't been able to, to perform. Let me say it real quickly again. That's why pace has to go. Nagy has to go. This is a flawed system. Both of them brought in here and both of them believe in. Why? Because they've done it year after year after year in drafting and what they've shown out on the field. All right. It has to stop. I don't care if they win the two next games. And again, I'll say it again one more time. You, if they keep these two guys, you watch and see next year, we're going to be saying the same damn thing. you got to bring in somebody new, somebody young. Think outside the box offensively. Let them be aggressive. Let's be aggressive. Let's be the Chicago Bears again, the monsters of the midway. Let people respect us again instead of laughing at us. It's now time for our essential question segment sponsored by the Marquee Sports Network. Watch Bear Essentials on the Marquee Sports Network. Campo, you have a good show this week? Great. Yeah, we talked to John Filippo, the uh, quarterback coach. What do you have to say about Mitchell? Said he, uh, they, they put him in a position where he could use his talents. And I said, you've been listening to us for the last four years? <laughs> I bet he loved Duh. that. <laughs> well, what do you think we've been saying? That's what I'm saying. I've said it till I'm blue in the face year after year. Get the kid out of the pocket. So 33 dropbacks last week. He he threw. He, they rolled him out or did some level of play action 15 times. Ob is that enough? Or is that too much? That- what, what that? Okay, that that you don't have to do it every time. But now you change the the point of the quarterback release. Now pass rushers just can't put their head down and go to that seven yard deep spot. Everything changes Bingo. when you start rolling them out. That's Everything it. changes. See so, what he just said? They tee off because they know he's going to drop back in a pocket, and you got a quarterback that's a pocket passer, and you got some people. The big man said it correct. They pin their ears back, boy, watch out. Here they come. You two are so adorable. It's unbelievable. Look at the way you just got your guys back right there. He, he crushed it again. But but you like that. 15, 15 roll. That's, that's what we've been saying all year. That is the Mark, how many destiny. times have you heard we've me talked about the last three years get and, him out of the pocket? How many times? Like every week? Five times a show, something like that, I would say, roughly. Does that feel about right? All right, hey, we got to... Uh, five times an hour. Five times an hour would be about it, more accurate. All right. Probably correct. News in three minutes. Coming back with Hour 2. Adam Ho coming up at 8.30. Kaz at 9. Hampton OB brought to you by ChevyDriveChicago.com on 720 WGN. It feels good. I think we really needed that as a team. Uh, just the way we've been working the last couple of weeks, it, it feels like after a win like that, it feels like all the the work was starting to pay off. And, uh, we just got to have that same mentality going into this week. Get back to work, stay focused on the, on the task at hand, um, and try to go 1-0 next week. But it definitely feels good. Mitchell Trubisky, we were talking during the break, was asking you, both Hampton will be brought to you by ChevyDriveChicago.com, if you see a difference even just a minor one in the quarterback after the benching, 
after his job was taken away from him, sat back. To me, it's like an angrier, more grounded, slightly better player on the field, too. Uh, Well, okay. The only thing I see is what I saw in this past game. They finally got him out where he could actually recognize what the hell is going on. Why? Because they cut the field in half for him. Okay? It's just a fact that he cannot read defenses. But if you cut it in half and he knows where only one or two receivers are if they can't, he knows that he's free to run. So it looked like to me that he was playing the game, Dan, a little more loosely, a little freer, because he knew that he could sprint out. He could bootleg out. There could be play action. And, and they could move the pocket and, and come back to the way this kid could play. And I think I saw a little bit of freedom in him. That's how I kind of saw it a little bit. Okay, When you see him in the pocket, all you see is his helter-skelter moves, jumping, flipping around, doesn't know what he's doing. When you see him sprint out, bootleg out, you saw a little bit guy that was maybe a little more Mark in command. That's what I saw Sunday. Pam? Okay, first of all, let me, let me just say this. You know, 20 years from now, he's going to look back and see, you know, what an opportunity was squandered. As OB just said, this was the first time he was basically held accountable. You know, he was given the job, and no matter how bad he played or how many mistakes, everybody, you know, apologized and made excuses and this and that. Now, Foles was brought in, and he was uh, he was sent to the bench. And when that happens, you can either feel sorry for yourself and start blaming everybody, or you can say, I, I need to be better and motivate yourself to find a way to get better. And... I remember him talking when they first put him back in, what was it, three weeks ago? He was talking about how he was trying to be a lot more earnest and, and, and given the defense a read and, 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 you know, and the scout team and all that. And I'm kind of rolling my eyes. But for someone that's never had to really, you know, cut a nut, maybe this is kind of like, you know, something he needs to understand. You have to earn things in life and he was almost given things in life and now he's had to kind of go back to the drawing board now all that being said he has looked better he still made the critical mistake in the detroit game getting you know strip sack you can't do that he went back nine yards instead of seven say what you will he makes enough mistakes on a on a routine basis to where you'll say to yourself he'll never be great but can he be better? Can you win with him? Yeah, maybe. We won this week. Maybe this week we'll find out that he's even a little bit better. He's getting better and better. But here's the one thing. The more he sees matchup zone combos, the more he holds the ball. So what do you have to do to keep him from having to deal with that? What they did last week. Getting out on the on the edge, bootlegs and rollouts where there's only one option, maybe two, or you pull it down and, and you try to tuck it and run. Exactly. So you eliminate all of the potential, you know, choices and you basically make it an A or B proposition. And his mind is able to function faster and quicker and he was able to get rid of the ball and he was very effective in what they were doing, especially last week. 312-981-7200 if you want to jump on in here. Mike in Lombard, welcome to WGN. Go ahead, Mike. Hey, guys. Happy holidays. Right back at you, Mike. 
OB, I called you guys a uh, <laughs> number of weeks back about Trubisky. You guys are going back and forth. The Nagy, Trubisky, Nagy, Trubisky. You called it right, man. It's all Nagy. I said it was Nagy. We're looking in the wrong place. Um, 2018, Dan, you just said, can you win with him? Does everyone forget 2018? Good defense, 12-4. and four. We got good defense now. Nagy shut this guy down at the end of 18, all of 19. Sunday's games prove, proves it. My son went back and pulled a video of Nagy, his acceptance speech, when we hired him. Reporter asked him directly, did he call the plays in the, in the Kansas City, Tennessee playoff game? He said, I own it. I learned from it. He took the play coin in the second half. Casey's up 21-3. They lose 22-21 to when he took over. Dan, you said a couple weeks ago, He's not qualified. He was a quarterback's coach. Look, he may be a nice guy, but you're right, Dan. Who named this guy a guru? He's got no experience. He called some with Andy Reid. If he's not calling the plays and you let Trubisky run around with this defense and let him be himself like you guys are saying, he's never going to be Aaron Rodgers, but he's good enough to win we saw it in 18. With this defense, not the 85 defense you played on, Dan, but we're good enough, and we're wasting these years with this defense, and we got to get rid of this naggy guy, and you know, move forward with Trubisky. Or you know, if you want to get rid of Trubisky, you still got to get rid of Nagy because he can't call plays. Mike, let me ask you this question: uh, just this question alone, you think you can win a Super Bowl with Trubisky at quarterback? Yes or no? I think with this defense, the NFC. Yeah, we can get through the NFC. Can we beat Kansas City? Maybe not. But you tell me in the NFC. Tampa Bay can't get rid of their own way. Uh, you know, Seattle's got no defense. You know, Green Bay's the number one seed now in their defense. Come on, they're not that great. With this defense, we're top five defense. Did, we're wasting them. And then Mike, you play defense. Mike, did, did you see the Bears' defense against Green Bay a couple of weeks ago? Were you watching that game? I, I saw it. But I'll tell you this. Do you, Mike, you got to understand. Mike, please, one thing. Just hold on one second. You've got to understand, you know, people look at, we go back to 2018. The 32 teams, the Bears, we 12-4. and four, We play the playoff game at home. First one, we've been in the playoffs in like eight years, and we lose. But we go 12-4. and four. We had the 32nd easiest schedule in the league. When you got to go, you got to look at from game, when you're evaluating talent, and you're evaluating your coaches as a head coach, your offensive coordinator, your defensive coordinator, your position coaches. You evaluate every game, every quarter. Okay? And when you're playing against a team, and you go 12-4, and four, and you had the easiest schedule in the league, look at the teams this year we played. Look at what we're here. We're going to play uh, Minnesota, 6-5. and five. The following week, we played Jacksonville. They've won one game. So when when you look at Trubisky, you look at Nagy, you look at everybody else, you also got to look at who the hell. You want to really be honest about it when you look at a situation? Look at the schedule. Look at who you're playing and where you're playing. That'll tell you how you're going to win and how you're going to play. One of the ways anyway. Mike, we're up against the break, so great call. Sorry we snipped you on the back end Thanks, there. Thanks, Mike. But... You know the whole concept that the Bears still have even close to an elite defense is crazy to me. 
And they, and they and they were way better this week. I mean, they got a defense you can win the Super Bowl with now, mm, but uh, it's it's fading. It, it's yeah, fading. It's fading yeah, quick. And I tell you, when I mean, it goes away, it goes away, my friend. Yeah, and they're middle of the pack though. And and the Texans had no weapons this week. They they had their quarterback, but they had no one to throw to. The, so. the, their top four receivers were out after you don't even count Hopkins, who they traded away. Right. And how Arizona. about the, what their cornerback that they got they, him off the street? The, the kid was a third string cornerback. Yep. Yeah. Do you hear? That's who we played against. You know, I don't know why people don't tell you that. You got to look at some of these things. What I just said, see it, your opponent, who they are, what they are, from week to week, and that'll tell you pretty much what kind of a football team you got. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. I want to talk about a coach that just became available this week, who is. For some reason, his name is being bandied about, which I find very interesting. 720 WGN. Diamond formation, second down, goal at the five. Trubisky, a perfect seven of seven. And he goes to the end zone and caught for a touchdown. Jimmy Graham claps another. Jimmy Graham, useful down at the goal line. He had eight inches. And 61 pounds, by the way, on the Texan safety. Eric Murray was trying to cover him on that play. It's good stuff. And you know what? What the? What was the uh, the theme of last week's show? Stupid is as stupid does. Well, hey, smart is as smart does. That's what you try to do. And later on, they got Allen Robinson on a, on a, on the nickel back inside in the slot, and he you know made a great move and made a great catch for a touchdown. Ob, you've been screaming about Cole Komet since about week two. Last two games, Cole Komet, nine catches, 78 yards, plus a touchdown. All right, so nine, 78. First 11 games, eight catches, one less, yeah. 94 yards, a couple more, and the one that touchdown. That goes back to the stupid is and stupid. I, that's, We're just now getting yeah. him, right? Right. I, right, Obi? Well, yeah, absolutely. Why this kid's not in this game? Boy, I'll tell you what. If I, if I was a defensive back, and whether strong safety, weak safety, cornerback, or whatever. Now, you, let's, let's just say your offense, you break the hub, you come out, you're strong left, and obviously you're, you're weak right. So you got one wide out. So you take Cole Komet and put him in the slot position there. And you have one back. Send the one back. In motion to the weak side. Take Cole Komet at the same time. Let him come back in motion to the strong side. You right then and there, you'll hear the defense that have to scream out and change. They got to change defenses. They got to change their calls. Okay? And anywhere you put him, you put that kid in motion and he comes running out of there. And at the snap of the ball, he's in full stride and you're that 5'11, 210 pound. Free safety, strong safety, cornerback. This kid, 6'6", 250, can run pretty damn fast, get separated, and he's bearing down on me. And we can't find a way to figure that out or the way to incorporate that in our offense. you telling me we can't find anybody, a coach or a coordinator, that can figure that out? You know what I like about him? I think what everybody likes about him, he's running through people. He's not the biggest dude out there, but there's a want for him to just get every last inch that he can possibly get. That kid's position should be on the field of play, <laughs> not sitting on the bench or standing on the sidelines. What's your position? Period. On the field. I, you're 100% right. What's up, Ron? Welcome to WGN. Go ahead. Yes, evening, guys. Uh, um, yes, the, the win on Sunday, I don't think that... Uh, 
amounts to anything. I, I remember back in 1969, the Bears trounced the Steelers, sit 38 to seven, and that was the only game they won all year. So you know, I'm I'm trying to be realistic about all this game on last Sunday, and uh, I don't think Trubisky's the answer at quarterback. He has a strong arm, but he, he's not he's not a dumb guy. But he he doesn't have the football acumen, you know, football sense to be anything but maybe average. Ron, we yeah. we're gonna we 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 want to we want to lift you up, Ron. We want you to have some belief. What, what do you think about have you have you ever been a Bartolini's, Ron? Uh, no, is that a good place? <laughs> is Bartolini's a good place? It's a great place, and it has the best food. Ron, yes, we're going to turn you on. We're giving you a fifty dollars gift gift card to Bartolini's Restaurant and Catering, family owned and operated, and serving the best Italian cuisine in Chicago, and plus the world famous meatballs, located at one hundred forty fourth and Pulaski and Midlothian, open seven days a week for dine in, patio seating, and to go orders. Details at Bartolini's dot com. I'm giving you this, Bron, because I want optimism to flow in your life. That like, anything can happen at any moment. You called in, you brought up OB sixty nineteen, and, and the one win, and we're still giving you Bartolini's. Hold, hey, Ron, you know what? Ron brought up a good point here, guys. Don't wait one second here. When I was last, I, I think within the last week or two, Terry Bradshaw was the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Right. I think he's on Fox Television, you know, national. They're a national show, and yeah. he was asked a question about Trubisky, like what kind of quarterback what he is, and he said two things. He said he'll never be a starter. He's not an accurate passer. He said, but he w- will be. He'll play a long time in this league. He'll be a backup. He said, but he will not be a starter. Why? Because of his accuracy. That was Terry Bradshaw making that statement. I think Terry Bradshaw with the Steelers won four Super Bowls, if I'm correct. Now, you're right. And let me just say this. There was a, a poll that came out this past week. We have, you know, the new football focus, uh, analytics and all this stuff. 34 different quarterbacks over the last three years, 18, 19, and 20 season. 34 quarterbacks have thrown at least 500 passes in the NFL. And they rated them. And their effective efficiency. Best to worst. Who do you think the number one of the last three years is, OB? Uh, number one? Number one. Rogers. Huh? Mm-hmm. Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. Next would be Drew Brees, then Russell Wilson, then uh, 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 Philip Rivers, and then Aaron Rodgers comes in at number five. Deshaun Watson, number six. Go all the way down. Tom Brady was number 17. Trubisky came in at 29. So it's not a moment in time or a game to game or a week to week or a season to season. This is three year cumulative breakdown. And he ranked 29th out of 33 possible. And which I said, so when we drafted him, Danny and Mark. The first thing out of my mouth, we drafted him. We'll never win a Super Bowl with him. It didn't take you long to come to that conclusion. Hey, uh, these are facts, and you know, hey, we wish the guy was number six, you know, or three, or uh, twelve. Hey, how about how about fifteen? He's 29th. Before the break, I, I did. And by the way, yeah, life is based on competition. Okay, whoever wins wins, and you lose, you lose. Well, the same thing. If you're the 29th-ranked quarterback, how many games are you going to win against those other guys that are the 8th or the 12th? You're not. You're not. You're not going to win. It's the most important position. Speaking of the 29th, the Fighting Illini let go of Lovey Smith this week. And some former Bears are saying, bring Lovey back. Uh, How many years was he the head coach at Illinois? Five or was it six? Five years. Five years. Went to one bowl game, finished six and seven that year. It was a total he, disaster. He never 
had a winning season. But of course, he did go to the Super Bowl with the Bears, and he and they won a lot of football games. What the hell does that have to do with the last five years at Illinois? Yeah, nothing. You want to know what you're talking to high school kids that want to go to colleges, and a lot of colleges with a lot of good recruiting programs. And I'll tell you what, he had five years down there, five. Okay, and they can't have a winning season. Right, but if they fire Matt Nagy, OB, and they announce Lovey Smith, what will your reaction be? That'll never happen. It won't. I, I, that's a ridiculous question. What? It, I mean, I love are... you, but no, that's that'll never happen. Hey, and before we go to break, and for all of you that were listening when we said who has to go and blah, 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 the McCaskies also know if they fire anybody, they're going to have to make a decision on the next one, okay, on who comes. Right now, the Bears are like the fifth most attractive organization of any of the openings for NFL coaches and GMs, for that matter. So, you know, a lot of times it's like, okay, you fire somebody. Okay, who you got? Well, you know, you, you got to then, Dan, you got to think outside the box as an owner. And 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 what I'm do not I mean saying by not, that? It's not doable. You know, you got to think. You got to go to people that you know and find out who they know, and you gotta you gotta bring them in, and you gotta talk to them cumulatively. Okay, that's what you have to do. Eight thirty, check in news. Seven twenty, WGN. There's a fine line between winning and losing in the NFL. Wow! 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 Adam Holmes rhetorically dancing with his verbiage. <laughs> 720 WGN 837 Hampton will be brought to you by Chevy Drives Chicago.com and Dan Hampton's truck the Chevy Silverado drive what Hamp drives drive a Chevy with you till 10 o'clock tonight Adam Hogue uh, has been on the station a lot lately which is good for this radio station uh, and even good for Adam Hogue but he has been on fire Hogue you're on fire with your stuff at NBC Sports I had such a great dive into uh, both your Dak Prescott for Khalil Mack piece, which somehow I missed five days ago but read today, and then your 10 Bears things. Can we start tonight about your proposition that the Bears should trade Khalil Mack for Dak Prescott? Because I think it certainly is interesting, if not makes complete sense. Wow. Uh, and thank you, Carmen. It's very nice of you. Uh, let me just clarify one thing. The, 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 the point is that if the Cowboys are stupid enough to let Dak Prescott go, which they might have to do if you look at their situation. And Prescott has all the leverage in that spot. If he wants to go somewhere else, he probably can. Uh, and then if that's the case, their best option is to tag him and trade him, uh, similar to how Khalil Mack was tagged and traded uh, to the Bears. So the then that becomes, in my argument essentially is, if that's the case, if Dak Prescott is available, then the Bears absolutely should be involved and be one of the teams trying to get him. And there's, there's two issues then that arise, and that is, one, how do you fit him into your salary cap situation? Because if you're going to make that trade for Dak Prescott, uh, you need to be signing him to a long-term extension, too, and he's not cheap. That's why the Cowboys would be trading him. Um, and then the other part of it is the compensation. What would they want back in return? And where the Bears are right now, you ideally don't want to be trading another first-round pick or draft capital like that because that's part of the, why the Bears are where they are right now because they gave up those picks for Khalil Mack. So it, it came down to what makes sense, what could the Cowboys use, and without getting into too much of the minutiae, 
the Bears would still have to eat a lot of the signing bonus that's on Khalil Mack's contract. But what that means is the Cowboys get them cheaper. They get Khalil Mack at a pretty good cap price, and then they'd be allowed to then draft Dak Prescott's replacement with a top five pick. It looks like they'll have, uh, although they did win this week, so we'll see where that ends up. Um, it's just an idea. It's something that makes sense. The, the, the more important point is if Dak Prescott's available, the Bears should absolutely be involved in acquiring him. I, I love it. I, I just think it's very interesting what Dallas will do, and who knows what Dallas will do because they should have signed Dak a long time ago. And if he actually was made available, yeah. how aggressive you know would the Bears actually be in trying to get something like that done? What 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 percentage chance do you give if you had to put a number on it that Mitchell Trubisky will be back next year? Man, forty percent. Wow. Yeah, maybe even lower, but I yeah maybe thirty, but. I think there is a chance, um, and, and a lot of that has to do with who the. I mean, who are the Bears going to have play? In, I mean, in Nick Foles. Like, how do you sell that to the fan base right now after how this season has gone? You're going to go into next season with Nick Foles. Um, I mean, even I think most Bears fans at this point would say they'd rather give Mitch Trubisky another chance and another year to try to get better. Um, yeah, it's not a great situation, but. I do think it's on the table because I don't think he'll – I think he'll get more on the open market than people realize, but he's not going to be handed a starting job, I don't think. And so the question then becomes for him, and this is the other side of it, do I want to go compete for a job elsewhere or is my most likely chance of starting in 2021 back with the Chicago Bears? And if that's the case, do I trust Matt Nagy and Bill Lazor or – is there a new staff, because that would also change things, um, to put me in the best position to succeed? Because, as you saw Sunday, they did that. But that was one week. And I think there's as, as many faults as Mitch Trubisky has, there's a lot that falls on the coaching staff for not putting him in the best position to succeed with what he can and cannot do. And so if I'm Mitch Trubisky, I'm not sure I want to come back. I, I might want to be in a situation like Ryan Tannehill where – I'm kind of banking on a different quarterback faltering, and maybe I can win that job and take it over and have better success in an offense that fits me better. Ob, well, I, I, I what you're saying is true, but then again, uh, if you're Prescott, do you want to come here? If Nagy's going to be your coach, yeah. well, he might not have a choice, right? If you're trading for him, well, uh, wait um, a minute, no, no, you got. You you don't want to trade for a kid that's going to be unhappy and says I don't want to play for that man. Fair point. And you're going to trade for him. Yeah. That's not going to yeah. happen, Mark. That is not going to happen. So Prescott's going to have a lot to say where he winds up at if he goes anywhere. Not unless they maybe bring in another new coach over in Dallas or whatever, a whole new system. But I'll tell you what, we got to really look hard inside, really, really hard inside at our general manager and our, our head coach and our philosophy. And I said it about an hour ago, and I'll say it again. You keep these two guys here, the way they're drafting and the way they're doing free agency, and this guy with his offensive philosophy, because he'll keep his same coaches. They just brought in four new offensive coaches this year. We will be in the same spot saying the same damn thing in the year 2021. 
guarantee you on that one. Okay, Adam, and, and let's look about the, the here and now. Sunday, the Bears mm-hmm. find a way to go to Minnesota and win the game. They go to Jacksonville, they win that game. They're on the precipice of the playoffs. At some point, you know and I know, the McCaskies are are a different breed in the sense as far as knowing when to make a change or if it is something that they are willing to do. Think about this. Ryan Pace's mistakes may be too big for him to fail and just say, okay, we're getting rid of you. Do you think that the way things are currently constituted that they feel they have to kind of write it out because of what he has done the last six years that he is in a position where you can't just cut and start again right now. Well, and that's why I find these next three weeks fascinating. And especially this Sunday, because that scenario you just put out would put a lot of stress and focus on a week 17 home game against the Green Bay Packers with a shot to make the playoffs. And that could either save a lot of jobs or get a lot of people fired because we know how much it matters to the McCaskies to beat the Packers. And if you put out another stinker like you had in Green Bay a few weeks ago, well, I would find it hard to believe that anybody could survive that. But if you win that game and you do make the playoffs, you're talking about a head coach, and I know you guys don't want to hear this, but this is what the facts would be. He would be 29-20 and 20 with two playoff appearances in three years and never had a losing record. That's tough to fire a guy with that resume. That's just the reality of the situation. Now, Ryan Pace could be a different story because, and I think you, point, you said this perfectly, Hamp, there's, it's a bigger six-year evaluation with what he's done and what he hasn't done and unless Mitch Trubisky all of a sudden, you know, looks a lot different, I don't know what he could do in three games. Even if he looks like a all pro for three games, does that erase everything that we've seen for the last three years? I don't know that it does. It may muddy the waters though, because it may it may enough to say, well, let's run this back and see how real it is. But then that makes a situation where you don't want to be the Houston Texans, you don't want to be the Atlanta Falcons where you said, let's give this one more year, and four weeks into the season, you're firing everybody. Now you just wasted a whole season. So I don't necessarily have a lot of the answers right now how this is going to look in three weeks, but I do find it fascinating. If you find a way to beat the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday, and this is a different team, this is a different offense that we're seeing right now than when the Vikings came to Soldier Field a month ago. I, I, there's a very good likelihood, I, in my opinion, that in week 17 we're going to be talking about all this being on the table. Okay, what, 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 let's, let's talk about this. Kansas City goes to New Orleans this week. They're favored. New Orleans just doesn't have Drew Brees. They could, they could beat the Saints. That would make them three losses. The Packers, they may be sitting in that last you know week not having to win. And then they... You know, they, you know, they, they play the rookie quarterback. Who knows? And then that becomes a doable game, a win. So, yeah. so much is up in the air. It all comes down. Can well, you beat the Vikings? Adam, hang on a second. We'll, we'll, we got a two minute quick timeout. Let me out. just say something real quick here. Since, since this pace and nag you've been here, scheduling wise, schedule, and, and you looked back 
This year, last year, the year before, look at the scheduling that the Bears have had. I don't think a, a team has had a better favorable schedule than the Chicago Bears. Adam Hogue for one more segment leading up to 9 o'clock. Cause at that point, as we're here till 10, it's Hampton OB brought to you by Chevy Drive, Chicago.com on 720 WGN. I'm proud of our, our players and coaches for being able to be resilient and, and you know, focus in, lock in as to where we're at. I thought in pregame I had a sense of the vibe and the energy of where we were. Um, it felt good for, for those guys. I wasn't sure how it was going to go, but they proved it. All three phases played together. Uh, this is, you know, the first time all year that we've had that. That coach, Matt Nagy, uh, Adam Hogue has made that point on this radio station and in his work at NBC Sports Chicago that Nagy, for all his imperfections, he has not lost this football team, minus, uh, you know, the weird ending in Green Bay where it looked like they just lost their will that night. But uh, they've come out hard. They came out hard against Detroit. And I don't give you any credit, by the way, for playing hard. This is, it's your job. But he hasn't lost the football team for whatever that's worth. Right? Yeah, and I think it's worth something. I mean, at least in the evaluation. Um, you know, I still think there's there's plenty of other questions that kind of balance it out. Why did it take so long to get, uh, you know, this offense to where it is right now? Uh, it shouldn't have taken that long. Why did it take so long to give up play calling? Things like that. But you know, I, I do think that as a as a head coach, there are some things in terms of his leadership um, and, you know, the players wanting to play for him that are in his favor. It's not the whole evaluation, but it is part of the evaluation. Okay, as we look at the, uh, the Vikings, obviously the Bears saw them here in Soldier Field middle of last month, and again, as you just pointed out, the offense with Nick Foles at the controls had zero answers. Zero. And that was the game. We go in at halftime down 6-7, to seven, and yet Patterson returns the opening kick in the uh, second half for a touchdown, and we all thought, okay, here we go. We're going to bust it open, and we're going to see this offense start to click, come to fruition. And it was it was a, a just a car wreck, and at some point that is where you have to believe they will not try and operate with the same type of game plan. You know, last week's game plan, and it was a very inferior opponent. We know that the the Texans were were god god awful, but your feeling is that they match up and with this newfound bootlegging offense and rolling Trubisky out, getting him on the corners where he's only got half a field to read, that it's going to be a lot more efficient and effective? Well, it should be. You know, it really should. And, you know, I, I go back to that game last month against the Vikings, and I I have to believe that if – we'll never know the answer to this, but if Trubisky had been healthy, I have to imagine that in that game they would have – Matt Nagy would have been smart enough to switch back to Trubisky in that game. But he was out, remember? He had the shoulder injury, so he wasn't ready to go. And it was obvious, though, when that game was over that they had to switch, and they did. Um, but, you know, to, I, I thought, and I don't know why this doesn't happen more often, but watching that game against the Texans, it felt like they had game-planned specifically for that team, right? And uh, the way that they kind of let Mitch read instead of blocking JJ Watt, they read him, you know, a lot of those plays had options in there 
to read J.J. Watt, and that's basically taking him out of the play if you read it correctly. And that's not always been one of Trubisky's strengths in making those right reads. But, you know, even the 80-yard touchdown run to open the game was a play where the quarterback had the option to throw the ball, keep the ball, or read the box and understand that he had the blocking, the numbers, to hand it off to David Montgomery, and he did that. So my question is, yes, that should continue this week. And yes, what they've been doing the last couple of weeks to work to Trubisky's strengths should continue. But Mike Zimmer's a pretty good coach, and he knows Mitch Trubisky. This offense might look different than it did a month ago, but he knows how to scheme against this. And when there's more confusion and maybe some more pressure, how does Trubisky handle it? And I think that's the, that's the big thing. This is a tougher defense than the Bears have faced the last three weeks. Can Trubisky keep it going? Um, I have my doubts. But I also think the Bears are overall a better team, so I think it's very possible that they can win. You had a couple notes in your 10 Bears things that I just want to run through real quick here, and we got like two minutes to do it. But one, the Sam Mustafer note about how Juan Castillo, the Bears' offensive line coach, knew him all the way back to high school. Uh, is, 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 that, is, is he the guy that deserves the most credit for the reshuffling of what the offensive line has done? I mean, that's, I mean he's coaching those guys. It would make sense that he would. But that was, um, here was a guy who was kind of under fire at least a little bit, certainly on this show, who maybe came up big in the end. Well, <laughs> it's funny because, like, I, I want to give these guys credit, figuring it out, right? But it, every time you go down that road, it's like, well, why didn't it happen sooner? Because, you know, you can't blame it all on injuries. Two of the five starters are still out right now, Bobby Massey and James Daniels. I, I, it, it, now, Mustafer was hurting there for a couple of weeks. He went on IR, he came back, and then that's when they put him back out there at center and moved Cody Whitehair to guard. And um, But I thought there was, you know, Alex Barr should have been out there earlier. Rashad Coward should have been benched a long time ago. I could not understand why he was out there every single week. But – they have found this combination, and it does seem to be working. And, you know, Sam Mustafer, we haven't seen a lot of them. Like, even in training camp this year, he was really working with the threes, and because camp was so limited, we didn't see a whole lot of threes. And here he is. He's getting his chance. I, I have to give the coaches credit for developing an undrafted free agent like that, and especially we find out that Castillo's son played with Sam Mustafer back in – high school in Maryland when uh, Castillo was with the Ravens, maybe there's something there. Whatever it is, it's working right now, and I don't know why it took so long, but it's working, and keep it going. we got oh. 10 seconds, but Ham's got okay. one quick one for you. On the way out, what are the chances Bears find a way to the playoffs? 10%? 20? 90? Well, uh, well our guy Steve Kornacki uh, said 14%. So... <laughs> <laughs> somewhere around there. I, it's, I, let me say this. I think there's a very good likelihood it goes into Week 17 with a chance to make the playoffs, and then this city is going to be crazy for at least one week for a big game against the Packers. That'd be awesome. Adam, we'll talk to you next week. All right, guys. Talk to you next week. You're the man. Adam Hogue, our Bears reporter, best in the business. Yes. He, oh. You said a mouthful there. He does do one hell of a job. He does. He's got great insight. News in 2, 720 WGN. up and play football. Nine oh nine nine oh nine. 
Hamp and OB with Kaz brought to you by ChevyDriveChicago.com. Dan Hampton's truck, the Chevy Silverado Drive, what 99 drives. Kazi, we're talking playoffs all night. The optimism has been flowing from the microphones. I'm not even kidding, by the way. We got two guys. I'm serious. OB's calling at the Super Bowl this week against Minnesota. You want to join in the optimism, or where are you at, my friend? Uh, happy they won. How's that? And I'm happy for Bear fans because we've watched some horrible football for a while, and it's good to see them finally win and play well. So, you know, kudos to the defense. I mean, across the board, they played well, and it was good. That's all. Well, a couple of things. You're bringing up the defense, and we'll see what we will see with the offense. Uh, the Minnesota defense ranks somewhere about 17, 18. They're, they're nothing to speak of. But it seems to me like, you know, Mike Zimmer's always seems to come up with uh, a scheme that gives us problems. It's, in my mind, about whether or not our defense can rebound again. You know, they had a finally a good game. Uh, Deshaun Watson had a bad offensive line and nobody to throw to, so they looked pretty good. Had seven sacks, most we've had in five years. But Minnesota's pretty good. You know, they got this young rookie, Jefferson, who uh, hit us for about a buck thirty something uh, back in November. We know that Dalvin Cook is as good as you let him be. Um, do you think that this is a game where the you know the Vikings setting at the number eight position at six and seven? Uh, they they're going to approach this just like the Bears. This is a, a playoff game, and uh, Ob's word that for whatever reason the Bears may go in there strutting around, acting like, well, you know, didn't you see who we are, what we did last week, and the next thing you know, the Vikings jump on us he's right i mean i you know it uh it it was a great win against houston but houston basically has cashed out for the year disappointing to see that quarterback play so poorly but when you don't have any protection you're going to play poorly so um I'm, i'm thrilled for bear fans you know we're what now? We're six and seven. We're uh, back in the hunt, I guess, is what we're calling it. But uh, it's a mini Super Bowl. I, you I, win this, you get to live for the next I, week. I mean, we got a low bar around here. I am thrilled for Bears fans that we're six and seven and have a fourteen percent chance of the playoffs. <laughs> I am so happy that we're not we're not eliminated with three weeks to go. Congratulations! Way to be a diehard. Yeah, I mean, think about what we're saying here, and it it is it's sad, but it's true. I mean, what else can we say? Um, you know, you were five and one at one point. I'll never understand it. I, I well, we understand what happened, but there's nothing we can do to change it other than you need um, you need to make changes at the top and work down, and that's it. Hey, Glenn, and simple. Let, Glenn, let me ask you this question. I said earlier in the show they're talking if we win if he wins two of the next three i'm talking about Nagy and this pace and all that and i said it doesn't matter what they have to because what you saw this year and you saw last year and the year before and if you don't make a clean sweep and get some new young talent in here that thinks outside the box and put this situation together i'll guarantee you glenn Next year at this time, we'll be saying the same 
damn things with Pace here and with Nagy here. They can't think outside the box. There's, there's, it, when it's something, when Nagy tries something new, it's some unbelievable kind of a trick play. And more often than not, that's when those trick plays blow up in your face. But I'll tell you, my belief is no matter what happens, they have to go. You got to get young, new, creative faces in here with theories that think outside the box and that are positive. Not this every week. The same thing with this guy Nagy. With all that, you know what? It's done. It's enough. We've seen enough of this story. Yeah, it's nonsense, Ed. You're right. It's time to make a change. And I don't even care if it's older. I mean, literally, to me, it doesn't matter. Just bring in football people. Guys that can think and understand the game of football, identify talent, and then actually take that talent and apply it and use it. I mean, how long have we been pounding the ground about using the tight end from uh, Cole you know, the young kid from Arlington Heights? And all of a sudden they use him, and guess what happens? They win a game. They blow a team out. Isn't that crazy? Let's get a call in with Kazi here, OB. He's been waiting patiently. Uh, Bob, you've been on hold for over half an hour. Thank you for being patient. Welcome to WGN. Go ahead, man. Hey, thanks, guys. Yeah, hey, I just want to say I got a quick comment and a couple real quick questions, if I can. Uh, first of all, it's an absolute honor to talk to you guys, given what you've done for the city of Chicago. It's a, it's a pleasure. And, uh, Hamp, I got a, uh, something you might like. I, I have a high school boy that's playing football at Walter Payton College Prep. And, uh, well, they're not playing football now because there's no football in Chicago, but... In any case, it doesn't exist they in Illinois little, anymore, uh, right? <laughs> trophy display case in there, and, and in that case, they have a little statues of a couple of the fellows, and 99's one of them. When I first saw that, I had a lump in my throat. Wow. So, pleasure to talk to you guys. Thank um, you. A cu- couple of quick questions. Uh, you know, at some point on Sunday, they flashed the, uh, the league leaders Sunday night, and um, I think Montgomery was like fourth leading rusher that, at the time. And the three guys in front of him, 26 carries, 29 carries, 20 carries, and he had 11. And I'm scratching my head trying to figure out why are we not giving this guy the ball. And I'm wondering, is, is Nagy spreading the ball around to, the, to everyone else to make sure that everyone gets incentives? Are there incentives that they get paid on if they get a certain amount of touches or whatever? And if that's the case, that tells me that Nagy, it's more important to him that, that these players like him and he's buddies with him than actually winning games. Because it seems like there's two or three things more important to them than winning games right now. And uh, the, my second question was, do you guys know what the heck he says to them at halftime? Because they come out of the, they come out of the tunnel. They're, they're the flattest team in the NFL. I mean, they're like, he's like the anti-Rockney. <laughs> you know, so I don't know. Do you guys uh, you have any insight on what the hell he says during, during halftime to demotivate them? Thanks, Bob. But thanks a lot, guys. I look forward to your responses. We, we appreciate it. But, like, you don't get motivational speeches at halftime, right? Well, n- normally, if you've got a lead, it's kind of like status quo. Let's let's keep, you know, keep the rig on the road. But, again, Bob's point is exactly dead on. We have scored one. Get this. We've played 13 games in the NFL. That's 13 third quarter periods that we were given opportunities to score a touchdown. And that's after halftime adjustments. Right. And we've scored how many? One. One. One all year. Now, obviously, the Texans didn't come back, but 
well, wait a minute. The Detroit Lions did the week before. You know, all these things, they matter. And you're exactly right. I don't know why. I don't know why if there was almost like a, 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 a an attitude adjustment where our team, for whatever reason, instead of coming out more focused and informed, we come out with a big question mark over our head, and we don't know what we're doing. And it's it's bizarre. But back to the running game. Real quick, OB. You know, David Montgomery b- breaks that 80-yarder to open the game. And in my mind, that set up the bootleg and the play action the rest of the day. By then, you know, the Texans and their defensive coordinator, they were scared to death and they were playing on their heels. And the Bears made them pay. Uh, 14 out of the 24 completions caused by Mitchell Trubisky were no further than a yard down the field at completion. So it was a bizarre way of operating the offense, but they never really tried to feature Montgomery after the first quarter. And the next carry was to Cordero Patterson. we got to take a quick timeout. 312-981-7200, which it was just, just bizarre. We'll come back with Kaz with you till 10 on 720 WGN. Long timeout for the Bears. Three-yard touchdown reception. Third touchdown pass in the first half by Trubisky. It's a big first half for the Bears. Big first half for Mitchell Trubisky. You know one guy we haven't mentioned tonight? Cairo Santos. Wow. He's, he's made 18 in a row. That's the longest streak for a Bears kicker in 14 years. Robbie Gold... Uh, had 24 straight, dating back to 2006. So Kevin Butler, a guy you guys uh, might remember a little bit, he made 24 straight, 88 and 89. Jeff Jager made 21 straight, 96, 97. But, uh, Who cares? You're talking about a kicker. Move on. <laughs> for crying out loud. Hey! The- Are you kidding me? Kickers matter, Kaz. Doopy yes. You know what? Here's what they say at halftime, by the way. Nothing. They don't make any adjustments, and that's why they come out looking flat. That's the problem. Offensively, you talk about, okay, here's what we did well. This is probably what they're going to do, and here's how we're going to counter that. And the same way with defense, right, Dan and and Ed? So they just don't talk about it, and that's why they look horrible in the third quarter all the time. The great Glenn Kozlowski, by the way, brought to you by Bartolini's Restaurant and Catering, family-owned and operated, offering the best Italian cuisine in Chicago land, located at 144th and Pulaski. Ob had a great dinner tonight, as did we all. How much? How, how was the chicken tonight? The chicken, their chicken is. <laughs> is there anything just, better just, than that? It just literally, it there's nothing. It doesn't get any better. <laughs> nope. They are outstanding. And after he yeah. bom- and after he bombs up, boy, he's ripping those those wings open. <laughs> he's doing his dancing. He's got to get all that energy out, so he has to eat more chicken. <laughs> so we got Joe and Kankakee in here. Let's uh, do it. Let's get Joe and Kankakee rolling. What's up, Joe? Welcome to WGN. Yeah, Go I, ahead. I just wanted to give a little love to Nick Foles. Uh, wow. When he when he uh, was playing, did not the Bears have the worst? offensive line that they had all year weren't they totally broken that's fair that's a fair fair assessment yep and you know i i just people you know just talking like you know the guy can't do anything but he i mean he he had quite a resume i thought you know and uh 
I, I, I just, uh, I'm not saying he should take over from Trubisky, but I think he should be given a little credit, understanding, you know, because he had mentioned that uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, he couldn't play with no offensive line. I think the Bears' offensive line was worse under Foles than uh, what Deshaun had, Watson had. I guess maybe just a thought. They're both very bad offensive lines. Joe, this is, these are fair comments, but I am slightly con- not, not concerned. I'm, I'm wondering, are you related to Nick in a way? Is there, is there a family, well, deep connection? I remember, I remember some of the great moments he had, I mean, in the okay. Super Bowl. And at the uh, beginning, what was that, his first or second year when he played with Philadelphia, he had a real good season. And Beat then he the got Bears hurt. in the playoffs. Well, mm-hmm. here's hey Joe. Here's you know Joe. You're 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 not wrong, okay. And and when you watch Foles when he came back in there, I mean we had some linemen hurt this and whatever have you. Not that the line was you know the best offensive line in football, and that's not so by any stretch of the imagination. But I'll tell you what, there were times. When the snap of the ball, you'd say a thousand and one, and then you start to say a thought, and they were all over him. They were all over him. So there is some truth to what you're saying, but it's the whole system, Joe. It's not just the offensive line. It's the running back. It's the system. It, there's so much that goes right on Nagy's head, and the coaches, the position coaches, the offensive. It goes. It nails them right on their head. They can't duck. They can't hide from this. How the hell do you come out 13 games in a row and you're stumped every third quarter where you score one touchdown? How is that possible against teams that have two wins, three wins, four wins, one win, and you can't even put up a touchdown in the third quarter? You can't score points. You can't convert on third down. I don't blame the kids. I blame Nagy as the head coach. I blame the offensive coordinator and the position coaches. Matter of fact, I'll go a little. You guys stink. Hundred percent, Ed. You're right on. How about this stat? You know, Montgomery bus eighty yards uh, to start the game. We've talked about it. We played the highlight. It's been two years. This was out of the Tribune. Two years, seven weeks since the Bears' offense last scored a touchdown on a play from its side of midfield. All right, so that's. Wow. I mean, 38 games, 430 possessions, 2,464 plays. There you go. I mean, how that, that explains it. That's hard to do, really. Yeah, you've got to be horrible. You mean talking scoring a touchdown from the, their own side of the 50? Yeah. I gave you those stats last week. Do you Listen, recall that? I, I don't remember everything you say, Ob. Maybe Those, I, you repeated my stats from last week. <laughs> you know what, Ed? You are on top of your game now that you have the bomb. I would just—I I couldn't I believe what I heard. I just—I had to ask him, Glenn. I, I excuse am, me. What? What did you just say? I, I am telling you, there's there is something going on with Herbal Active that Ob's game, which is always perfect, is is even higher now. I swear it is. Uh, <laughs> Good, good call. Obi. It helps the memory. <laughs> well, other memories is that Sunday's game was their first win in fifty-six days. Did you mention that last week, Obi? No, I did not. Yeah, October the eighteenth. So, uh, Kaz is with us for another half hour here, coming up till ten. News is in fifty seconds. Uh, so, if you want to get on in, we'll, we will take some calls here. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. I see you, Bob. I see you, Larry. We'll get you in the last half hour of, of the show here, but. Uh, just remember, 
Matt Nagy, 410 yards, 6.9 yards per play. These were the, that was the second highest mark in the Matt Nagy era there, OB. So you should be giving Matt Nagy some credit tonight, buddy. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Because okay. we're going to ignore okay. the first uh, three seasons, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he's the best. Yeah, he really is. He's really good. He just shows up and he plays hard. And, you know, either you quit or you win. And, you know, we're not going to quit. So there you go. Yeah, and then remember when he said, you guys got to go home and take a look at yourself in the mirror. That's where they're at. You guys missing the where we're at and where they're at. And okay. 930, <laughs> check the news, 720 WGN. He, he's been huge. He's a, he's a leader of our offense. He's our number one receiver. The way he practices and handles himself on, on a daily basis, uh, I think all the young guys look up to A-Rob just as the ultimate pro. And everything he, he earns on the field, he, he puts in the work for. So he, he's a great teammate. I mean, his locker is right next to mine. So we spent a lot of time talking about football and a lot of other stuff too uh, outside of football. So uh, he, he's been a, a great friend, brother to me. And it's been awesome to share the field with him. And, I'm just looking to throw him the ball. <laughs> That's Mitchell Trubisky talking about Allen Robinson, who has still yet to get a contract uh, from the Bears. Robinson joining Alshon Jeffrey, Brandon Marshall, Marty Booker, Curtis Conway as the only Bear receivers to have back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. Uh we want A-Rob back, do we not? Am I missing something here? Yeah, you can't get better with, you know, your good players walking. Because, um, <laughs> you know, one of the things that OB talks about on a weekly basis, and for all the pluses of the Bears' offense last week, and there were some good things, you know, the the effectiveness of the, the, the offense with the quarterback bootlegs and the rollouts and all that stuff, you know, you know 14 of the 24 completions were essentially, you know, to somebody at the line of scrimmage, and then it was run after the catch. All that being said, I think Darnell Mooney, if he catches five passes the the next three weeks, he'll be the all-time rookie receiver, you know, leading receiver. And one of the things that drives OB crazy is the fastest guy on the field, you got him running one-yard routes. Is that something you would address? No. Answer that question, Kazi. Run by anybody, and you're not throwing the ball to him down the field, and you're putting him in situations. I mean, he's not a big guy, right? I mean, it's it, Robinson's a big guy. He could post up and catch, you know, the jump balls. This kid could run by anybody. So yeah, it's a waste of talent, and that's the problem. That's what we've been talking about all year. It's just horrible to watch. The offensive uh, coaches not use the talent that they actually have on the field. They finally used it this week with the bootleg. With a, you know, what is our quarterback going to do the best? Well, he's going to boot out. He's going to if you run the ball and you could do play action, he's going to be successful. So it's pretty simple. I, I don't know. I guess it took what three years to figure it out, Ed. Absolutely, you know, and and, and the amazing thing, Len. The amount of coaches we've had. We brought in, fired four people. We bring in four new coaches today. 
I mean, this year, obviously, to come in with a new look at what we're doing offensively and what do we see? We see the same thing. You know why we see the same thing? Nagy's the head coach, and he is the offensive coordinator, and he is the play caller. You could tell me about all Lazor and anybody else, DeFilippo and these guys there. He's calling the play. Bull. It's Nagy. Why? The poof is right in front of you. Just go from year to year. Month to month, game to game, month to month, and take tell me what you see offensively. Nothing has changed with this guy. It's Nothing. Good. Same garbage. Same garbage that doesn't work with the talent you have. That's what's frustrating. How do you not, when Cole Komet, like you don't know what you had when you brought this kid in. You, you don't know what you have with Darnell Mooney. You you don't know that, and you're throwing him one and two foot outs, kid. And 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 I like what this this analogy, or if you want to call it, you know, he runs a basically a four three forty. So if you say like a thousand and one, that's a second, correct? That kid has traveled ten yards. He's traveled ten yards, and we're throwing two foot outs to him. Come on. Let's get yeah, it. And he's and he's a small guy. I mean, he's he's not big, so again, use what he brings to the table. Get him out and, free and explo- exploit it. Throw him down the field. You know, throw three or four uh, long bombs a game to the kid. And I bet you, I bet he catches two of them. That'll loosen up the defense. I guarantee you that. Phenomenal hands. The guys didn't drop the ball all year for real, which is amazing. Uh, taxi driver Bob, thanks for being patient, my friend. What do you got? You guys set me up for my my uh, comment or question or whatever, but uh, I I, uh, I I could imagine when Nagy looks at himself in the mirror, he says, "Boy, I'm a dumb leaf." But whatever. Anyways, um, I I really I really think that um, Trubisky has a lot of physical attributes for being a quarterback, and I think that he could be a lot better quarterback with proper coaching than he is right now, potentially a starting quarterback. I know I've seen some of the things that just drive me nuts with fumbling the ball, but I think that he really could be a a 50 or 75% better quarterback with the right coaching. And um, to potentially get rid of him for nothing, I think might be a, a big mistake. I'd like to know your comments and how you feel about that. Interesting, Bob. It's definitely... Hi, Kaz, what do you think? Uh, Tannehill, right? Same kind of deal. I, I, I see him in the same kind of uh, pattern where if he's used correctly, and, you know, is he going to, you know, I don't know. Is he going to win a Super Bowl? I don't know, but I, I, I will tell you, I think he's a very effective player when you use him correctly. And Ed has been screaming about it since the kid has gotten here. He's been saying, roll him out, bootleg, do things that, or to his strength, and we don't do it. So, yeah, he'd be a much better player. I don't know if he, you know, am I going to say he's a pro bowler? I don't know, but I, I think he'd be a, a, he's an NFL football uh, player. He's a quarterback that can start and do well. He did make the pro bowl, albeit as an alternate, and that was completely preposterous. Yeah, but, I mean, you know what I'm saying. Uh, honestly, it's he's just, not. you got to use the kid the right way. That's all. And I'm not going to say, you know, look, um, there's guys that I would have rather have taken, but if you use his talent, he is a guy that can make some plays for you. That's all. 
Larry, Southeast Side, welcome to WGN. Go ahead. Hey, good talking to you guys again. Great show as always. Thanks, Larry. Uh, I just wanted to make a comment on a Bears game Sunday. Uh, they beat, I mean, I'm glad the Bears won because I'm a Bears fan, but they beat a bad team in Houston. They, their effort was pitiful. And I just wanted to bring out one play in the second quarter. All, the Bears already down by two touchdowns. And uh, Trubisky rolls out, throws the ball, and J.J. Watt puts a hit, hit on him and knocks him down. And then um, as soon as he knocked him down, uh, Watt gets up and he reaches down to help, help Trubisky up. Here the team's losing by two or three touchdowns, and he's feeling sorry for the Bears. Uh, Watt, J.J. Watt, trying to help Trubisky off the ground after he hit him. And what? I mean, and when I seen that, I said, this team's got no heart, Houston. I mean, Houston's <laughs> a bad team. Let's see what they do this week against Minnesota. That's all I got to say. Thanks, Larry. That's a good point. Uh, and, 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 you know, obviously J.J. is running for man of the year. <laughs> yes, and Subway sandwiches also. Right. So, just thought I'd add that in. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. I'm I'm kind of curious, cause you know we we had a call about David Montgomery breaks the big run, then doesn't touch the ball for a little while. I don't know if you were able to uh, pick this up, but in the later stages of the first quarter, in the second quarter. In blitz pickup, David Montgomery was run over twice for quarterback sacks. And everybody goes, well, why wasn't he giving the ball? Well, you know, for whatever reason, he's got to get better at, you know, pass pro. And I'm pretty sure that's exactly why it's at some points in the third and fourth quarter, Ryan Nall was in there because, you know, they, they were trying to, you know, make sure the, the quarterback was protected. But, as good as David Montgomery has run the ball the last three weeks, and he has in in Green Bay, he I give him an A last week against Detroit, and then again this week against the Texans, he's doing all you could ask. But my goodness, you know, uh, I, I, I you know I, I, I it's inexplicable about the pass pro cause. What do you think? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, uh, listen, um, you know. You, you and I, and you more than I, got to play with probably, I think, one of the greatest running backs of all time in Walter Payton. And what made him great was he could do anything. But I'll tell you what, nobody ever ran him over when, when he was going to block him. Amen. He'd knock him down, right? So we've seen greatness, and then when you see that, it it you know, it, it does – it affects what you can or can't do, and and what you when you're going to be in and when you're not going to be in. So, a hundred percent, yeah, he's got to get better. Speaking he's of a, a guy big that guy, he should be able to do it. Yeah. Speaking of a guy, by the way, that both of you guys played with, the last time the Bears had a running back rush for an eighty-yard touchdown, Neil Anderson, nineteen eighty-eight, uh, eighty-yard score against the Packers, week thirteen. What was it, what was Neil like? He was the best. I mean, you know, great, great kid. He's the reason that, uh, right, Dan Walter uh, ultimately understood that it was time to uh, to say goodbye because this kid could flat out play. He was he was really good, and it was just when he was going to get his opportunity. Yeah, he was really fast, and you know, he was a different. He was a slasher more than Walter was a, a bruiser. Um, but. But back to the point about the the pass pro, you know, I, I'm thinking to myself, here's this kid, you know, he's he, uh, obviously all these players, they 
they they can read the the writing on the wall, and that's part of the reason I think Allen Robinson is playing his his butt off. He he's trying to get the next contract, but he's also trying to prove how valuable he is. Well, they're all doing that because they don't know if the coaches and the GMs going to survive. And you'd think that Montgomery, you know, now in his second year, finally getting some some success, tasting some success, you know, on a almost weekly basis. You got you, you know, you've got to be great at all of that stuff, or you're not going to be on the field. You can't you can't, you can't pass pro. Nobody's going to trust you. You know, on second and third play. down, right? Yeah, you can't play, and it, it's important. It's as important as what you do with your runs, and you know, every every great running back can do both. I got a question, Glenn, for you and for Dan. Okay. Offensively. All the guys on our offense, how many of them do you think totally and completely buy in to our offensive system? To Nagy's setup of play calling, Lazor, who, what, what, name them all. How many players do you think really believe in what the hell we're doing? A percentage. Well, I, I can't. I can't tap into their minds, Ed. But I would say, just looking from the outside, exactly. You know, so what I want in, you to look at their performance. Um, looking from the outside in, I, there's not many because you you see guys that uh, you know, like Dan's talking about. The, he's not picking up uh, the protection. He's not doing this. Uh, you see, you know, a receiver that could run by anybody in a one yard route. It's hard to buy into something when you know that you're not being used correctly. There you go. Let's come back with a final segment here. We'll get you ready for the Bears and the Vikings. Noon on Sundays, the Super Bowl for the Bears. Yes, it'll be Mini Super Bowl. Already at the end of the show. No, it's the Super Bowl. It's the Super Bowl. It's the, for the Bears, it's the Super Bowl. This is the Super Bowl. And six they, and seven versus six and seven. Better. Guys, I'm coming over. <laughs> <laughs> 720 WGN. Mooney. It's a first and ten. Outside they go. Mooney looking for a block, and he gets one from his other receiver, Robinson, to the pylon. Touchdown! Got it! Twelve-yard touchdown pass, Trubisky to the rookie Mooney, and the Bears go up twenty-two to seven. Darnell Mooney. Let's just take a look at good old Darnell Mooney's stats this year. He had two catches, twenty-two yards that touchdown against the Texans the week before. He had four balls. 43 yards. He's got three touchdowns on the year. He's been targeted 73 times, 42 catches total, 450 yards. It's not bad for a rookie. Uh, and the hands. You get an offense that's flowing, I, I think he's going to be a, a special player, really. He I, is. I, I there's, mean, there's no question. I just, I just want to make one thing clear, too. I was by no way suggesting that Neil Anderson was – Walter Payton, because Walter Payton, as Dan would tell you, he's the best you know I've ever played with, and I know Dan would say the same. Um, but Neil was quite the player too. That's all. And going back to the, your conversation about David Montgomery and pass blocking, 
He, this is a kid that I don't think anybody would question that he is absolutely a worker trying to get everything out of his ability. I'm just curious if you guys think you can learn what he's not doing well. What he- I don't understand it. You know, hey, essentially you get get a base and you know explode into the the rusher and keep your feet. I mean, it's you know it's technique. It's things that uh, you have to be not only you know disciplined on, but you have you it. have to just do it, and I mean he just got run over twice. It was it, yeah, you gotta, it was embarrassing. You got to drop your hips, is what Dan is saying. Yeah. You got to drop your hips, hips, and you got to explode into the guy coming at you. If you don't, you're going to get crushed. How I mean, much of that guy's falls like what we're just finding that out now? Like we didn't know that before we drafted him, or we haven't we didn't know that earlier in the year. We didn't know that last year. How about some of this falling on the heads of these coaches we got? It should all be on their heads right now. That's what I think. I think the whole Glenn, I, the problem with this team, with this team, and why we're not a contender year after year, is the coaching staff. It's the coaching staff. You see it. I see it every week. It jumps out at me, like. What, we've got people that can get downfield offensively. We've got tight ends that can do other things than what we've got, and we don't do it, and we struggle offensively. We come out in the third quarter after going through everything and a new way to come out because of all the stats, how to attack in third quarter, and we fall flat on our face. Game after game, year after year. It's coaching. I'm not going to put it on these kids. Nope. You're right, Ed. 100%. I agree with you. And I'm sure, Dan, you agree, too. It, it really is. I mean, it's you, you watch it, and it's just, it, it's sad. We got two minutes, guys, but real fast, Stephen Edgewater, you called, so you get in, my friend. Go ahead. Be quick, all right? Okay, yeah, sure. I was just going to say, I think the, the, the two-yard passes and eight-yard, five-yard passes, basically because they know Trubisky cannot throw accurately, catching a receiver in stride on the run, past 30, 40 yards, and that's why they're doing it. And let's stop pretending that he's a quarterback that can do those things. Fair take, Steve. Thanks for the call. And it's a 30, 40 yards. We're talking way yeah, less than that. Let's try a 12-yard out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at this point, let's even try for a 7-yard a, a out where he's accurate. Because his uh, accuracy is horrible, and it's footwork. Okay. Technique. Okay, the, the, right, right there. Because one of the most deadly things an offense can do that Aaron Rodgers owns is the quick slant. But we don't run it. You know why? Trubisky is too wild. It's too easy for him to misthrow that for an interception. So we never run the slant. And it without it, an offense is gutted. We got gentlemen, we got thirty seconds. Cause they beat the Vikings. I hope so. <laughs> That, that was not good. No, that was you know, that was I'm terrible. Not, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Hey, Ed, I'm not gonna commit to anything anymore because, quite frankly, um, I'm concerned. Like you did, you know what you're concerned about? Just coaching. It's hard to yep. say that we can uh, out scheme them. Uh, do we have the talent to beat them? Yes. Can we beat them? I don't. I I, I don't know. It's gonna. You know, it's going to take great play and uh, probably poor coaching. For God's sakes, it's a Super Bowl. They have to be able to win. Every, thank you so much for listening. We'll end it on that one. We will see you attack next. Attack and attack again. Attack and attack again. <laughs> 720 WGN.